Hello and welcome to Lang Time Chat, episode 17. <laughs> David says hi too. Oh, oh, was I supposed to follow up with a hi? I don't know. More than a laugh. Here we go. Okay, so uh, welcome to Lang Time Chat, episode 17, where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Whose line is it anyway? Nice throwback. <laughs> that show's not still on, is it? I think it is. Really? Who's the yeah, host now? Because it's not Drew Carey. No, no, no. Like they brought everybody back. It came back. It was like two years ago. So I think it might still be going. But you never know. Ooh. COVID may have put the kibosh on it. But yeah, it came back with the original cast. Wayne Brady, everyone. Um, yeah. Ryan Stiles. Yep. Colin. Yep. Shoot, what's his last name? I thought that was his last name. <laughs> okay, so for people listening, I did a hand gesture, obviously indicating that I'm trying to think of what his last name is. Doesn't matter. As long as it anyway, it was a show that kept me laughing in the late 90s. Okay. Yeah. By the way, speaking of which, uh, I, I think that we discussed this before, but let's ask it again. Did you watch the British one? No. I did. But I had to stop and think about it because it's like, I don't think I did. I'm pretty sure I've never even seen an episode of the British one. The, the British one was very, very good. But also the, the host played much more of a straight man. And so at the time, uh, I thought that they actually did keep track of points. And I really weird. Yeah, it was weird to me how flippant Drew Carey was uh, about the points because I was like, I thought this was the point. Like there was actually a winner at the end and like they kept track. Oh my gosh. Okay, so it says it is still going. Um, Colin Mockery. There we go. That's right. Um, wow. I had no idea. I need to I need to find it so I can see. No. No, we are wrong. 1998 to 2007 it was hosted by Drew Carey. We're right mm -hmm. there. But the revival of the show is hosted by Aisha Tyler and that is airing <gasps> on the CW. Really? Yeah. Oh man. Um, I, I want to make sure that I have the name right. Is that the same person who voices Lana on Archer? I don't know about that. Um, uh, click I'm on looking... her name. It'll say. What do you think? <laughs> Thank you, David, for teaching me how to use the internet today. You got it. You uh, have to turn the thing on. You have to turn the computer on and then it comes up on so... the screen. So the role I knew her from was actually, she was in a few episodes of Friends. Mm -hmm. um, oh my gosh, she plays Mother Nature in the Santa Claus films. Never saw those. Um, yes, Lana Kane and Archer. There we go, okay. So yeah, she's of course amazing as Lana on Archer. Um, very funny, wow. Now I'm super curious to see it. I mean, not like I wouldn't have been beforehand because of course, you know, I loved it before and the, the bulk of it is actually the cast, not the host, but now I'm, I'm super interested. Dang. And now I wonder if the points matter in yeah. her version, you know? Mm -hmm. Just yeah. Because they didn't matter when Drew Carey was doing it. 
I mean, because it's like they they kind of, you know, in, in a similar show, like, are you familiar with Around the Horn on yeah. ESPN? Okay, so that's the one that's hosted by Tony Reale. And what it is, it's for uh, sports, um, not broadcasters. What do you call the people that write in newspapers? You know, the old timey journalists. Ones. Sports journalists, thank you. Four different sports journalists come on and they're, you know, on the screen virtually and he throws out a topic and they each get a chance to discuss it and he gives them points based on gotcha. how well they make their point. And there actually is a round where first one person is eliminated and they don't get to speak for the rest of the episode until the end when they come back. And then there's another round where another person is eliminated and then they go head to head and the person who wins at the very end basically gets uh, 30 seconds of screen time to say whatever they want. Interesting. Now, of course, it's called Around the Horn is important with it being four guests because Around the Horn is a baseball term where you throw the ball around the horn and it hits all four bases. Oh, I thought it was just a generic term, you know, that originated from going around the Cape, you know, of South Africa when you were mm -hmm. going from the East Coast to the gold country in California. I'm sure some people could use it that way, but just huh. a little baseball lingo for you. You throw the mm. ball around the horn. Yeah, hey, what do you call it when um, when there's like uh, two guys, right? And then one of them gets the ball and one of them is caught in between bases and then they run back and forth, tossing the ball, did trying we, to did tag we discuss that person this? out. Did we discuss this in the podcast or was that something that we discussed in a live stream? I mean, I, I don't know because I just don't have a term for that. I don't even know what you'd call that. Certainly, it must have been the live stream. With, uh, vegetables. Must have been in the live stream because I swear that's where the whole pickle discussion got started. It was. Okay. Um, oh, anyway. Is it called a pickle? Is that what it's called? In a pickle? I, I didn't know because, you know, me, I'm not. I'm not a baseball person. I certainly didn't grow up like keeping score for baseball games. Son of a major not league every, baseball player. Not everybody says lucky yes, I. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay. But we have yeah. some like serious conlang stuff to do today. Oh, um, we do. And I but I don't even remember what time we started. And so I'm gonna be requiring you to keep track of how long we're recording. Oh yeah, don't worry about that. I I know what I know what we're doing, but uh, there is actually one more non-business element that we should discuss. I mean, again, this is just going to be an audio podcast for for a bit until we put it up on video. But right. I did want to draw attention to the fact that I mean, I am now doing what the bet required of me. It was supposed to be for the next podcast episode, but it, it took a little it, bit. It took. Yeah. But for those that are on video. There we go. I am wearing a pink shirt, and that is Pinkie Pie on there. It was very excited, probably getting ready for a party or throwing a party, because that's what Pinkie Pie does. Best way to live life. Um, hang on a sec. Hang on a sec. Say anything, Jesse. Anything. Something has occurred. Something has occurred. Has your My, sound gone wonky? It, it, it did. Okay. Um, my AirPods just decided to take a little snooze. 
as one may in the middle of the afternoon. And they're back. Good. So that's that, I guess. Anyway, so yeah, um, so, we're back to normal. So yeah. next time that happens, you need to like wave me down or something. So that way I can say all the really fun things while you can't hear. Mm, got it. You can tell everybody what you really think of me. Right. And, you know, that's obviously going to be much easier for me if you can't hear what I'm saying. Because I won't immediately fire you. It'll, it'll take until the podcast airs. <laughs> <laughs> but that'll be fun because at least you'll know when your last day is. Right, right. First of the month is always a good day to go. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So I'm going to share the screen for, uh, for working purposes and also for the video, which will eventually... Okay. Uh, be on YouTube because at some point we're going to finish with the possum language. And so at some yeah. point we will be moving on. Um, and so I feel like we're, we're nearing that point ish. Yeah. But every time I say that we have eight more things to do. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. So as of last time, so we are, we're actually going to use today as the final day of we think yeah. we think it's the final day of this language sketch um at the very least it's going to be the last one for now unless uh, i guess a lot of requests are made for something specific that people want to see um but in general this is our last planned episode uh for this language sketch and so um essentially we're just going to be wrapping up and I say wrapping up talking about tone uh, because we did actually hit tone last time. It took us to the third episode of the language sketch to hit tone, but we did and we incorporated some tone. Uh, we only made it through uh, three of the roots. And so I thought it may be good to start out with applying tone um, to some more roots to not only remind ourselves and our listeners how tone was being applied, but also to get these modern forms um, fleshed out and to then move the discussion onto um, register tone and how it can be used uh, in grammatical ways. And so that's where we're headed today. And David, do you have any comments before we jump in? Uh, I have a concern. Um, because I thought to make things a little simpler, I would just type out, I would finish out these romanization notes. And, you know, we were being so clever with the O with the two dots over it and then having the two lines over it. But then how do we put an acute accent over it? Oh my God, I really, really want Chuck E. Cheese pizza right now. So as you're thinking about that, why would we okay. need an acute accent? It's passed. Um, we would need it for uh, falling tone. Um, however, I suppose it is, it is an open question if we will ever get falling tone on the vowel U. Right, but the acute accent, isn't the acute accent the one that goes up and you've already done that? Circumflex accent. Is there we go, thank you. What I said and you misheard. <laughs> <laughs> circumflex and acute in my dialect uh, do get perceived as the same word because it's yeah, obviously so. dialectical differences are all about perception and not production. 
you miss you midwesterners and your dialectical differences but only in perception <laughs> so that is a really good question I'm, I'm guessing there is no double circumflex uh no wish, wish. Yeah. And it wouldn't even make any sense. Um, now, like, I, I, it is an interesting question if we'd ever get the vowel with a falling tone, but assuming that we will, let's just go ahead and use combined. I, I, don't, I don't like it. I'm not a fan of it, but I will do it nonetheless. So, um, oh, whoa, yeah. there we go. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that I think only you are in focus while you're talking when the screen is being shared, which is a good thing because I just poured water down my <laughs> Unbelievable. And I missed it. And, and I'm over here like trying to wipe up. I'm good. Because I was looking for combining diacritics. That sounds honestly really on point for me. <laughs> it sounds really on point for me too that I would just spill water as I'm trying to take a drink because it's like in my adult life I have forgotten how to drink out of a water bottle yeah and in my adult life I am the person who is like you know you know like whoa that, that hot chick just totally squirted water all over herself and I'm like I'm trying to find combining diacritics in the unicode right now okay a little busy how's that going for you by the way well, I found one of them. Okay. Ugh, it's not even centered properly over the character. I hate it. Ugh. And but it's the it's... same. It's it's the same for the ash above it because I don't think the ash is fully centered, is it? With the oh, acute accent. Now I'm seeing that too. Oh, sorry. Did you never notice that? No, I didn't notice that. Oh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is the combining acute accent, but I don't see the combining circumflex accent. The one I just tried wasn't combining. And so yeah. in terms of combining, are you looking in a Unicode, you know, wow, that came out a little bit weird, a Unicode, uh, you know, insert character kind of directory um, yes, to try to find what you're looking for? Okay. Yes. Um, so this is, by the way, for people who are trying to uh, decide on some romanization systems, one of the problems with doing diacritics is that um, some keyboards you're going to have to actually get really, really into actually developing your own keyboard to make it do what you want without having to insert characters every time. Because um, like for instance, the shortcut for the umlaut on a Mac keyboard works wonderfully if you have a vowel typed after the little you know dead key combo for the umlaut. But if you want it to be say over a Y or another letter, it does not work. And so you would have to figure out ways to work around that. So that is something to keep in mind if you're doing diacritics, um, especially if you're gonna be doing any other special characters. And of course our American keyboards believe that the is a special character, making it more difficult to insert exactly how you wanna type. And it's always, always frustrating when you're trying to just type in your con line and you have to go to the stupid Unicode picker every time. 
I um, really liked how you said letter. I'd like you to do that from now on. Because I said it with a T. Yes, it did. Yes, you did. Letter. That was, well, it was quite sometimes, tea. Sometimes that's just how it comes out. Um, like, there, it feels like there should be. It feels like there should be like a combining acute accent diacritic, right? I mean, I, I guess, um, I don't know that the circumflex, you said acute again, by the way. Gosh, darn it. Um, Can't believe you. And I, I wasn't going to call you out. I, I wasn't going to call you out on it, but then mm. I did. Yeah. <laughs> And I was also looking through, I am not seeing anything. Are you, are you sure this is the route you want to take and that you don't want to? Combining circumflex accent. Boom. There it is. Cool. I'll just copy and paste from there if I need it. Yeah, really. Um, but yeah, with me and acute and circumflex, it, it reminds me of a movie that both of us have seen and have memorized Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And Arthur being very confused by the numbers three and five, which he keeps mixing up. This time I was watching. I, I know, which is why I managed to drink like a normal person again. Yeah. Um, Good job on that, but on that, by the way, like drinking. Thank water. you. You know, people you should be more congratulatory. Yeah, but. You have a straw that's really cheating. Um, mm -hmm. You gotta, sometimes it's good to play it fast and loose. It's a little bitey. You bite it and then you suck. Arr. Wow, you are in a mood today. Uh, <laughs> what? I like it. <laughs> Funny. Um, okay, so. We have already applied um, tone. Now, obviously that one's gonna change. Are yeah. you gonna change it? Or do you want me to copy and paste it? Like I already have it highlighted. Yeah, you're, you're way faster than I am, go for it. I have a feeling this just means you're gonna replace it at the same time I do. So then everything gets ruined. Um, nope, you do it, go ahead, uh, sass it's all right. So what we have done is we have changed the O with a double lined you know the umlaut stretching up in the acute accent with a double line um we have changed that to the the um the o with the slash through it with just a regular acute accent on it and that's how we're going to romanize that form mm -hmm. was All that right. a good description i was trying not to use like any technical terms too much oh. in case people don't know what these letters look like because yeah. you're going to be hearing this for the first time and so i want to make sure that you can hear and really know I mean, what we mean. The, the technical terms aren't really much different, right? So the O with a diaresis is replaced with O slash with an acute accent. I mean, um, well, I guess diaresis, we could call it umlaut. Um, I really wish there weren't two terms for that. You can also call it the dot <laughs> with the finger motion. Mm -hmm. I like how you can hear that finger motion. Exactly. Um, by the way, what is um? So umlaut, right? Auf Deutsch. Yeah. Wir haben umlaut, aber 
Um ist was? Was ist um? Isn't it? Oh, now I'm gonna have to look that up. Hey, you, will you walk us through how Siuk is going to get tone? <laughs> Siuk. I hope somebody gets what that's a reference to. Um, Around, Siuk. not on. I was thinking, oof. It's because I was, anyway, yeah, around. Uh, around. Oh, um die Ecke. Oh, right. What the heck does yeah. that mean? So what is umlaut? Uh, an around sound? I mean, yeah. Oh. Because it's around that letter. It's not quite an O, it's a round O. Who's having a bad internet? Is it you or me? Oh, I really hope it's not me because it's my screen. Well, but uh, I could still it, hear you the whole time, so we're good. Oh, that's good. So is it is it that um means like literally round? Round is in a circle? No, I was going to say a round. Right, so it's like around a U, but it's not quite a U. Ah. Like, I have no idea if that's right. I was actually trying to make a bit of a joke and it may be right, but like. Das ist nach ein U, aber das ist nicht ein U, ja? Exactly. There you go, disappearing <laughs> again. Man, well, at least you can hear me, but now I'm not gonna hear what you had to say as a result. Such a, Excellent. Such, it's such a bimity bummer. Okay. Um, so, Suk, mm -hmm. voiceless onset, plus one high. Uh, yeah, this is interesting because we have. I don't know if David can hear me again. And this could be a fun thing where we both talk at the same time. Um, this one is interesting because it starts with an, you know, a consonant cluster. This is our first consonant cluster at the beginning. We have that S. Oh no. Oh, we're still writing an IPA. I was like, wait, how would, in IPA, we right. have the SJ combo, which is a S. Um, it's going to become mm -hmm. shoe and it's going to be high. Shoe. Why didn't we already do that if that's what it's going to become? I don't know, but I'm looking at Chapo over here. Reminds me of Chappie. Remember that movie? I didn't see it. Did you see it? I don't know what you're talking about, so I'm just oh. smiling. Well, it, I, I only ever saw the commercials for Chappie, but I just, it, I just immediately and aggressively wanted to make fun of it. And so um, all of my friends just started making fun of Chappie as <laughs> a robot. I am Chappie. Side note. Um, yes. We never formalized that rule. Um, did not I, we? Did not we. We have diphthong simplification where the I becomes um, the J 
and the U becomes a W when they occur as the first member of a diphthong. So that's how we got the J in, for instance, siuk came from siuk with a, a full I. And tiapi came, you know, because it had the I ash. Um, David is adding a rule and deciding that that's how that's going to work. Uh, so we're adding a palatalization comma, I guess, rule because we do have tiapi becoming chappy, but siuk stayed siuk and not shuk, um, which is interesting. I don't even know. I'm going to, while David's typing that, did we even have the esh? Yes, we did. We did say that we have that palatal esh. Interesting. Um, we also have the enye as a side note. So I'm guessing that, oh yeah, it's any alveolar will become palatal or post alveolar when they occur before a J. Um, is what that. he wrote. Except that it's not when they occur before a J because then I guess the J disappears. Like, so you'd write two rules. It's just the sequence. Like the whole sequence. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the whole sequence. Yeah, this is a, a really, a really professional rule. Possibly the most professional rule I've ever written. Um, and it's uh, and it's going to here on out be called the uh, the PIG rule, the pig rule palatalization, I guess. And by the way, for people who can't see the screen, he wrote, evidently alveolars become palatals or post alveolars when they occur before J dot, 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 question mark. That is indeed. There we go. And he has inserted AKA and then a pig emoji after the rule name. And so that is that is it. That's our pig rule. Yes. Um, cool. So we have, well, I don't know. Why did you make the, why did the K and disappear? It, and it makes sense because pigs always make that, you know, sound, shh, 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 you know? <laughs> Doesn't that sound like pigs on the farm? Shh, shh, shh. No. Uh, also though, should we not have it end in K? <laughs> Just. No. Like, oh my God! Why did, did you just why hear did me start like a pig? Because the <laughs> because of this that I'm highlighting on page thirteen. Oh, good call, David. Um, I was just making sure David was paying attention to the the rules reboot. Mm. <laughs> I can't do W's and R's together. Last time. Um, <laughs> where voiceless stop codas create a high tone trace and then disappear. So the K indeed would disappear. Now we have four completely different routes leaving high tones. This will be interesting. Let's see if we, oh, I think we're gonna have a low tone here in one moment because lamb has a yep. voiced onset, which is low tone. And then we have a voice coda, which is double low tone. And, and stress is plus one, and that leaves a... A one for low tone. Lam. Nice. Shoo. 
lamb. This could be a song. Shoo, lamb. Well, you got to start at the beginning, though, because we have, you know, we've got to say all five words in a row. Shoo, lamb. That wasn't our first low tone. Shoo, the lamb. Um, anyway, no. that was not our first low tone because we did have a low tone oh. on the first syllable of Anzi. And, and I did ah uh, instead of, I know, I did the ah uh, instead of the ash. What was that about? Huh. It's, uh, it's your river possum showing. You know it. Okay, so the next one is going to be like shoe, right? Um, except we're going to end with swa in high tone because it's got the S, which is plus high tone for the voiceless consonant onset. It's got a um, voiceless stop coda, which is high tone, and it's one syllable, so it has that stress. So it's like three for swear. Love it. This is a pretty cool sounding language. Here are the words we have, you know, bel, angsi, un, shu, lam, swa. I like it. All right, well, xeno. Gosh, that is um, going to come out with, I believe, a high than a low. Yeah, I think so. Xenu. Um, and we're still going to start with a xa? Yes. Okay. All right. Xenu. Good. And right. So the opening, I don't think we have any questions about, but the new, the closing. Um, it is low tone because um, unstressed syllables have a plus one for a low tone. Yeah. Um, and then there's there's no coda or anything. It has that voice consonant onset that in, and so that's a low tone. So yeah. um, that's how that came about. And I think from there, we can go ahead and just guess that Sally is going to turn out the exact same way because it's the same pattern. Yep, Sally. So it's always fun when you start to really figure out the patterns um, so you can move more quickly as you assign tones. Here, this um, might help us distinguish which one. Oh, the modern. Uh, yeah. Are you really gonna leave the S in the modern form and not do SH? Okay, yeah, there we go. Um, he, he had an esh there and I want everybody to know that uh, in the Romanized form, he had an esh until just like the little piggies, right? You grew up on a farm, you know, those little piggies. Just because I now live in what I am is probably almost kind of, yeah, considered a farm doesn't mean I grew up on a farm. But having Having gardens is not the same as farm. I mean, you grew up on a farm amongst all the animals. You had yeah, just you a had dog. pigs that pigs that you named, and grew up with them, and then slaughtered. I was not part of Charlotte's Web. Uh, <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, so Stump we pig. had just as a as a reminder for me, um, we were assigning stress to the penultimate syllable, correct? Yeah, it feels like something I do, so probably. 
because so, I ask because we're now on a three syllable root. Um, and so we needed to figure out uh, where that tone would be um, because stress obviously plays a role in our tone assignment. And so David, go ahead and say that word for us, our modern form. Um, well, at the moment it's ukali, uh, but I, I'm, I'm not actually sure about that first syllable. It doesn't have a coda, so that's zero. It doesn't have an onset, so that's zero. It's unstressed, so that's negative uh, one. I guess that's it then. Yeah, because yeah. none of them. Because, and what's interesting, we don't have a single falling tone yet because we don't have any ties yet. Um, and so yeah. the middle syllable, which receives stress, had that high tone trace from the stress. It had a high tone trace because of a voiceless consonant onset. And then we, just like the new in the lead from the words above, two low tone traces. Yeah. So this one's going to be the same. Uh, wait, we got to. No. Are we going to have our right. first falling tone? Um, because this word is chapu. Yeah. And poo is um, unstressed. So it's plus one for low. So you'd say minus one, right? And mm. then it's got the P, which is a voiceless onset, which is plus one for high. Put them together, they're tied. So we have our first falling tone. Is that how we were doing falling tones? Yeah, they tied. Really? That yeah. doesn't sound like something I would have agreed to. It's literally what you came up with. Did we write that down anywhere specifically? Can you tell me when we would have a falling tone then? Um, when... Uh, when a low tone and a high tone got stranded on the same mora. Uh, can you explain what you mean by that? Uh, for example, if there was a consonant that was lost in between and the vowels like merged, um, or if later on during the process of uh, you know grammaticalization, some suffix, you know, the phonological material disappeared enough that um, the tone that was stranded there ended up merging with the previous mora. Mm -hmm. And so I want to read you, should the high tone influences win out, the syllable will have high tone. Should the low tone influences win out, the syllable will have low tone. In the event of a tie, the syllable will take a falling tone. That sounds like my writing. It is. I'm reading it from pages 13 to 14. And you know it's you because you know I wouldn't start a sentence with should. So. <laughs> I mean, you would under different, different circumstances. For sure. I mean, for example, like. Like a question. Were, if you were writing in your diary. Um, should I spend this afternoon with the pigs or should I spend it with the goats? Always choose goats. <laughs> because they make different sounds, goats with their with their characteristic adjectives. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> All the pigs doing their shh, 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 and then the goats, you know, with their ah, ah, ah. Oh my God. Uh... <laughs> Let's do the next one, which is a two syllable. And I'm still struggling with my objectives, but 
at key with a an ejective K. Um, and right now I'm laughing too hard to control. Just hold your breath. Just hold your breath. Uh, um, so the F is going to um, take a high tone because it's the stress syllable. It's the first syllable and it has no onset or coda to do anything else. Uh, and then that second syllable is going to be the same as uh, the syllable we had just talked about in Chapu. And so it's going to be a falling tone. Mm -hmm. So it Act gets e. the. Do that again. So we have Chapu uh, and Aki. See, that sounded wonderful. The next word, by the way, is exactly the same. Um, and I believe we were trying to test something here because the roots are very similar, but it's gonna come out with the same pattern because it's instead of an E at the end of the word, it's just the A sound. And so, um, yep. okay. Yep, with a that, that, was, that was great. No, 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 no. Like the first time that you just did it, that was great. What do you get off saying like, I can't pronounce anything. That was great. That was great, River Possum. You gotta, you got to give yourself more credit. That was perfect. And you can, you can go and review the recording after this is done and verify that I'm not just saying that. You did that perfectly. You can do it. No more Excuse of this. Um, no more of this Jesse can't sing. <laughs> um, there's a difference between can't and shouldn't. There's just, just want to say. It um, sounded fine. Like, what do you mean, shouldn't? Who are you hurting? <laughs> All the ears. So, Wimbe oh. is our next word. And we have a voiced onset for low tone. We have a um, voice coda for a low tone. So, two for low tone. It is the stress syllable, which gives it one for high tone, but the two for low tone wins out. So, we're going to start this word on a low tone. Um, and we're actually going to. Um, ended on a high tone, I believe. Or is it a low tone? Why is Z on a high tone? Oh, because of the T at the end. Never mind. Sorry. Um, Bay is the second syllable, so it's got the voiced onset and it's unstressed, and so it is low tone. Yep, Bay is low. Are we sure? Sorry, Bay. Wing Bay. Are we sure we were assigning stress on the, oh my gosh. Yeah, um, we should really read our own rules that we have written. Words ending in consonants are stressed finally, words ending in vowels are stressed on the penultimate. Sure. That's why, yeah. I know, but I was looking at NZ and trying to figure out why in the world it ended in a high tone when that you know, I was just trying to yeah. figure that out in my head. And that must have been difficult why. for you. <laughs> I wish Minnie were here. She'd take care of business right here. Uh, so our next word is nucha. Oops. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop typing. You go for it. Um, okay. This is going to require an ash with something, I'm sure. So that that's good anyway. Hmm. 
Um, so oh, is that a is that a tie? We have a voiced onset plus low tone, no coda, so no tone trace there, and it's stressed, so plus high tone, so it is indeed a tie. So our wow. first syllable new will be falling, and then chat should be falling as well because it's a voiceless with high tone but unstressed low tone whoa whoa so just when i thought we're never gonna have a falling tone because you know everything nothing's coming out as a tie uh we have a word with two falling tones this language is nuts no yeah oh my goodness makes me want to keep doing this language okay yeah who's who's this for did we did we say it was for a certain animal group or were we just doing it just doing it because people had questions about tone and and where it comes from and so this whole thing was an experiment in showing where tone can come from wow fascinating okay <clears throat> the next word is ingat and stress is on the final syllable because it ends in a k Therefore, the opening syllable ing is going to be low tone because it's unstressed and has a voiced coda. The gak syllable is going to be high tone because even though it starts with a voiced coda or voiced onset, rather, we start with the coda, it starts with a voiced onset, giving it a low tone trace. It um, ends up uh, with stress, which leaves a high tone trace and another high tone trace for that voiceless stop coda that disappears. Yep. So we get inga. Um, yes, we do. That's nice. A one. Yeah. Um, and then kaim has stress voiceless too high and only one low for that voice coda. So it's going to be kaim high tone. Yep. Got it. Got it. Ula. Ula fairly simple right it should be high low right ula yeah ula yes following everything we've done that seems about right and then we have kaima uh where we added a syllable again doing some sort of test of one of our rules and so um kaima and now this is interesting also as a side note if you're doing tone and as you're romanizing, if you're marking the tone somehow through diacritic, if you have a diphthong, you do need to decide how you're going to be marking that. Um, David has it marked with two acute accents. So it's over both the, the A and the I in the word kaima. So you get two of those accents um, to show that it's the full diphthong. Um, and so yeah. that's just also something to consider in terms of like, yeah, diphthongs could be special that. Yeah, you could also decide that the acute accent was only going to fall on the major like nucleus, which would be the ah. Um, and you could also just romanize it differently. So rather than having the diphthong being ai, it would be ay or something that like that. And then you just naturally only put the acute accent on the ah. Um, I just this this works fine. So I just figured you know. Excellent. So we now have all modern forms of our language with tone. And now that we have these tones, 
Um, the question now shifts to how would tone be affected by grammar? Because we had said that the register tones would um, also be a role in, in some grammatical things. And so I'm gonna hand this over to David to chat about that connection. Thank you, Jesse. So you're welcome. Go ahead. We're watching. Not everybody's watching because if you recall in this view, only the speaker is shown. So everybody else would have missed the fact that I was taking a drink of water except for you. Mm, okay. Well, you did you did well. Thank you. Thank you. I do you what I well. can. So um the, the first thing that comes to mind is um it would be fun to get some tonal changes with, uh, with, with grammar. And to me, the most obvious and easy way to do that is having a very simple suffix. And this suffix could, will have a voiceless stop in it. And it'll be a voiceless stop when applied to words that end in a vowel. And it will be just a VC, you know, vowel plus voiceless stop um, when it's a added to a word that ends in a consonant. This is going to do a number of interesting things. Uh, and so on the document, I'm actually just going to put these in parentheses after that. So um, let's just say, uh, Jesse, what's your favorite voiceless? stop that we have. Okay. Got it. And what vowel you want to go with it? Oh, wow. Uh, in E, like are the letter E, so K. Uh, no, not in that direction. It was VC, not CV. Um, ache. But ache. Also, you're going to, I think, recall that we do not have that vowel in the proto language. Oh, do we our, not have it in the proto? No, our, our vowels are E, U, A, and U. Choose one of those. Um, it's going to be the central schwa. Okay. Of course, you had to make it difficult. All right. So uh, let me just quickly remind myself what happens to schwa. Besides uh, being deleted. Yeah. Would it be better if I said, no, even awkward, it would need to be eek or ook. And I just, okay, let's go with ook. I don't know. Hang on, hang on. I'm, I'm getting this. Vowel schwa becomes a after front vowels, a after back vowels, and a when it's by its lonesome. Okay. That, that's good. That's good. I like what sh I like it. Good. I like it. Okay. Okay. So parentheses, let's go from top to bottom. We have a word uh, in the proto form, bal, um, and here I'm just going to do it like this. Um, in, in the proto stage of the language, it would have been bal plus ak, uh, because that's the, that's the, uh, the inherent vowel, it's the, the root ends with a consonant, so we add parak, and that is going to become e, le, wait, no, <gasps> no, because, and I'll tell you why. So the stress is going to shift to the final syllable, um, and uh, that final syllable is going to get a high tone. It's going to have to. 
the vowel is going to become a because there's nothing to make it a. So it's going to become a. The k is going to disappear. We're going to, and so we're left with the final syllable of le with a high tone. The first syllable though is no longer stressed. So it gets plus one from the p. It gets minus one from the fact that it's unstressed. It no longer has a coda. And so whatever this is, and then again, this is just a bit of morphology. So this could be a verb or a noun. This could be a tense aspect, uh, number, case, doesn't matter. The base form is pel with a high tone and its inflected form is gonna become pele, falling tone plus high tone. Oh my gosh, that's like super cool. I know, um, so just wait, because there's gonna be a lot of fun stuff like that as we go on. But yeah, go ahead. I'm just gonna start Oh, I was just gonna say like, maybe, um, maybe we should focus um, on some different word shapes, because that was a CVC syllable um, in the root form. And of course, David then went to the next one, which is a two syllable form, which gives us, of course, more to work with. So in the proto form, um, seat, so um, in the first syllable, seat, uk, um, turned into angzi. But now with the so that don't pronounce suffix. it just yet because we need to figure out the tones. Um, this is what the form is. So first of all, uh, the one interesting thing is that you are getting the reintroduction of these consonants that got killed. So the protoform was, was anxit and the modern form was angzi. And there's just no way to tell that there was a consonant at the end. But now due to this suffix, the consonant is reappearing. That has nothing to do with tone. It's just basically the old dead consonant trick for those who remember um, my old uh, web series. Um, so now we just need to figure out what the tones are. The only difference is that that second syllable no longer has the high tone that was once associated with stress. So I believe that the first syllable is the same. Ang, nothing's changed. Second syllable. Um, it's it was gonna be total low tone. Well, that's actually where we need to ask the question, where, does where is tone introduced? Because was its onset voiceless at the time that tone was assigned or was its onset voiced? That is a very good question. Um, and we After. had been, oh yeah, we actually, we ordered these, of course we did. We did. Um, I don't know if we were thinking about it, but this is a place where our two rules actually come into conflict depending on how you order them. So if previously we had said like the ordering wasn't important yet, so we mm -hmm. just put it somewhere. Now it's important. And here's why. If, if tonogenesis happens after postnasal voicing, which is what is written right now, then it is absolutely, as Jesse said, this is a 100% low tone syllable. If, however, tonogenesis happens before postnasal voicing, you actually have a tie because you have a voiceless onset, which uh, leaves a high tone trace, and you have an unstressed syllable, which leaves a low tone trace, which means that that middle syllable will become falling tone, which is interesting, but let's go ahead and stick with the order that we have. Right. Um, I do want to 
point out though that the ordering of our rules means that I think we have to revisit um, Wimbe because Wimbe existed because the initial syllable was a um, was a diphthong U I diphthong. Mm-hmm. However, when I was looking at assigning tone, um, I counted the W, but we should not be because tone oh. is applied before the diphthong is simplified and becomes um, a W. So we need to look at that syllable, win, as being a vowel sequence and not having an onset at all, which means stress is one for high tone, voice coda one for low tone. So it needs to be a falling tone. Excellent. That should be that. And that should be the only one that's affected because all of our other diphthongs that were simplified had an onset um, with it. So that should be the only one that we need to change. Okay. So yeah, very good catch. And that's changed. All right. Um, And um, we still have, um, we still should have like 10 minutes, by the way. So hopefully we can get through all, if not uh, most, if not all of these. So. And this, by the way, whenever you do these kinds of, I, and I know that any experience you have with um, evolving protoforms into the modern, and you're doing it all just by your own head working through all of the patterns. Um, yeah, there will definitely be times you have to go back and revisit uh, to, to figure out if you made any mistakes, just like that. So this is another one like uh, like pel, which became became pele. Uh, same thing with tun. Uh, tun is going to become tune. And my goodness, that does not like to be italicized. That looks terrible. That's a shame. Yeah, it's unfortunate. However, it sounds freaking awesome. Oh, you like it? Okay. Yeah. Do you not gonna... think it sounds cool? Well, I think it sounds cool, but it was like. That's so ugly that it makes me want to get rid of the vowel. <laughs> because of the orthography, not because of sound. Because of the romanization. Yes, yes. Assistant. <laughs> I kid, I kid, mm-hmm. just in case. I, I kid a lot, but just so you know, Jesse and I are full partners, so how it is and i am grateful that jesse puts up with my bullshit i'm so glad this is recorded <laughs> yeah i mean you're gonna, the you're gonna cut it out there. you're gonna cut it out before posting the podcast but you know not at all um <laughs> so our original proto form on this next word siuk it has that diphthong siuk um, became shu in a high tone, uh, but with the addition of the uh, suffix, we're getting a couple changes here because we're going to be bringing back the consonant that had been deleted, that K at the end of siuk, which disappeared just like in unksit. Um, so that K comes back. And uh, yeah, I believe you're right. That'll be falling tone. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, the same as pele and tene. It would be shuke. Sorry, shuke. 
no no ejective no ejective no, yeah you're welcome All right. uh lamb is going to stay low so there's and going to the um ash versus ah distinction i don't remember okay no um that has to do with um whether there was a uvular because uvular yeah. and feeler merged. And so it that had to do um, with that instead. I was just double checking. Right. I think because no, my brain was too. on my brain was on Ingala and you know how stress played a yeah. role. And so I was like, <laughs> do we need to change that? No, it's good to check. It's good to check. So that's uh Lame. That's good. Um, now we have swats um and so that will be swate yeah it should be because it's going to follow the same as shoe yeah and so that is good um it looks uh, a little bit better italicized doesn't it I, you know, I don't have a, a problem with any of the italicized forms that we have up here. You had a, you had a problem with italicized esh, didn't you? It's because it wasn't italicized. So I did not have a problem with the italicized form if it were actually italicized. I mean, that was its form of italicization. See, it then is the person italicized. Who the person who created this font should really make that skinnier. Fair enough. They are bold italicized, but okay. Oh, here, uh, here's a, a good example of where we're having to change because we have a form that ends in a vowel. So xainu uh, is coming xainuk, which is going to change the stress. And so it's going to become xainuk. So Xenu is becoming Xenu. And it is purely a tonal change. Very nice. Yeah, so this is, uh, I know that this was one of the things that uh, people were curious about. And so hopefully, like, and, and, and by the way, we're gonna put out the, with the podcast, now that once this one is done and it airs, we'll put out the PDF, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, um, but if you were should have been doing that every time. It's good. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, here's a place where if you were wondering, how can you possibly create a, a situation where only tone change and then there's been a grammatical change? Well, there's one. We had a, a word with a high-low pattern that changes to a falling high pattern and affects a grammatical change. Again, we didn't specify which one, but that is it. And you can see it's totally based on the phonology and is very explicable if you look into the history of the language. But otherwise, you just look at it and it's like, wow, that's nothing but changing tone. And I think that you're going to see the same thing in this next word. Yeah, I was just going to say, because um, our next root is sali, and mm -hmm. it follows the same pattern as xainu. And so, yeah, we'll see the exact same thing where um, sali. Sally with a ash. It's like I, I love ashes until I need to say them out loud. Yeah. Um, is gonna change to falling high. So 
without any other surface indications. There we go. Cool. All right. That Next word. That is quite exciting. Yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. I really like this. If, if we don't use this language, we should just steal this process that we did here for something else. Wasn't one of them supposed to have tone, one of our Langtime official languages? Mm. Or was it just that you had said it could, or it could. for some reason, yeah. I, the, the, mouse uh, one, okay. the mouse one. Mm -hmm. We could do it with the mouse language. We could do it with the mouse language because it was um, initially it was going to be like a revamped version of my language, uh, Njama, which was uh, which had uh, adjectives and tone. Um, could do that. Could do that. Well, this has adjectives and tone. Maybe we just started <laughs> <laughs> a miniature form of what could be a mouse language. Yeah. Okay, and then double checking on this one, so we have uh, ukali. And that should be, I think, no, because this one has, so there we go, ukali, there we go. So ukali becomes ukali. That's cool. Um, let's see what happens to Chappy. <laughs> Otherwise known as Chapu. I am Chapu. Um, you, have, you have to look up the just the commercial, that's all. Uh, and same deal. So it's Chapu, and it's now going to become um, sorry, Chapu. I'm sorry, Chapu. Not 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 ejected. Wow, the the tones actually swap. It goes it from really high falling do. to falling high. Oh my God, this is so much fun. Okay. I really hope that everybody thinks this, that the payoff was worth it because I so do. This is so cool. So, but then that's going to happen to the next two words as well because it's high falling and they follow the mm. same basic patterns, right? No, this is going to be low. Um, uh, low is, because it doesn't have the onset, which... Yeah. Gives it the extra point yeah. toward the high tone side. Nice. So, okay. So, at key becomes uh, low high. So, instead of high falling, it's low high, which will so happen to the next word as well because it's the same word but with a different vowel at the end. Yep. So, at key and at key. Weemba way. Let's see what happens to this guy. That one's gonna be. It's gonna be low um, for the first syllable, and then high for the second, right? Um, oh. Um. Yes, low, and then high. Uh, but we need to, so yes, that that's what that one's going to be. So it goes from Wimbe to Wimbe. Um, but we need to go back to um, uh, a couple of these. Um, and I will tell you why. Uh, shuk uh, it should actually, it shouldn't be shuk, eh? it should be shuk. Ah? 
Remember, because the um, the schwa becomes an ah when the previous vowel was back. Right. Same and... thing with, uh, well, actually, no, this is where we have the question. Um, where does that happen? Does it happen before or after ah, ah pushes to ah? Okay, so ah pushes to ah in rule number six. Okay. And in rule number nine, the schwa becomes an A after front vowels, A after back vowels. Okay. Then uh, then that one stays. The So this one has A, and so it stays. Same thing, actually, with swa. That one also stays uh, because of when the rule happens. Um, and then the rest of these are ending with vowels. But yeah, so then this one, it's like you have all of these where the form is A and this one, it just happens to be A. That's kind of fun. That's cool. It really is. Yeah. And so it's a little bit, uh, it's a teeny little baby form of vowel harmony. Um, mm -hmm. And so you could actually just produce, you could, you could really lean into that and make suffixes so that it's more likely that you would see that. Um, and you can actually just invent vowel harmony where we have, you know, a would be the low form and A would be the high form or A would be the back form and A would be the front form. That actually, that's actually what it would be. It'd be front back vowel harmony, not high-low. Um, so that's pretty cool. And let's do Nucha, Nutsia. Um, and so that's going to become you're gonna get a double low there. So it's actually gonna be new and then, uh, and then yeah. So um, that one, by the way, if you don't remember was our double falling tone word. Um, and oh, now, right. it's a, now it's a low high tone. Yeah, becomes pretty. So we now have quite a few words where tone is the only distinguishing feature yeah this is so wild okay and this one has oh boy it's got a whole mess as its proto form um and this is actually getting uh the schwa k suffix um and so boy what happens here curiosity when you copied and pasted that you chose the second instead of the first form in our list i sure did i sure did cool i was like am i missing something about when we're putting this suffix on uh <laughs> okay um right so this one we're going to be rescuing a, a consonant again so this definitely has a full um suffix that you can see on the surface and on top of that the schwa is becoming an ah because of the that little vowel harmony bit because it's inga yep. and it becomes ingaka and the reason that that uh second or, or the initial um, ah is staying ah as opposed to being pushed forward to as because in the proto form we had the q uh, yes. and so that's what pulls it backwards and so then let's just double check the tones unstressed voiced coda definitely low next one 
is uh, we said this happens after the postnasal voicing. Mm -hmm. So uh, voiced onset, unstressed, definitely low. So ingaka, yep. Inga, mm -hmm. uh, ingaka, cool. Oops. Um, and then Ooh. our last three forms. Oh, Jesse knows something's going to happen. I'm, I'm excited to see. Um, so this is going to become guy. Oh, oh, what is this going to become? We've got, so Kaim is unstressed and it has a voiced coda, which means two low tone traces versus one high tone. So that opening syllable is definitely going to become low tone. The question is the schwa, yeah. what is it going to harmonize with? Because we have a diphthong. So we have oh the boy. I diphthong. So what does the schwa do? That's a really good question. Um, and you can go one of two ways with that and say that the, you know, even within a diphthong, usually one of the vowels is going to be the most prominent. Uh, and in a, a diphthong like I, it's no question that that vowel is ah. And so you could say that's the one that carries the day. Um, as I think to other languages, I don't get a lot of help because for example, in Finnish, which is the first one that comes to mind, where you get these uh, diphthongs, um, I is neutral. So you have both a diphthong I and you have a diphthong A. And of course it's going to romanize with the, um, the A or the A because E is neutral. Um, and of course that, you mean harmonize instead of romanize. Is that what I said? Yeah, are I you swear that's what you said. Are you I'm gonna sure? have to go back and I will listen as soon as we're done recording. I will listen. I, I really don't think I did. I really don't think I did. So we'll see. If it turns out that I did, then, you know, I guess I really have to doubt my senses more. But if it turns out that I didn't, then you have to wear the pink shirt next time. <laughs> as if that's a punishment. No, I know somebody whose favorite color is pink. You got tons. Anyway, though, you look good in pink, so that'll be that'll be fine either way. Um, okay, so, hmm. well, what do you think? Just just from the sound of it, what do you like the sound of better? Kaime, kaima. So what's interesting is that my initial instinct was the a sounded better, so kaime. Um, and, but solely because of where you end in the diphthong in terms of even though the ah uh is the more prominent, you end in a front position. And it just right. feels like with vowel harmony, you're going to want to move towards the position where you end rather than where you begin. Yeah, um, I really, uh, I think that is sound reasoning. And I think that for vowel harmony languages that do that, that's why, that's why they do it. Um, however, I don't think that you have to. So if just for those listening, if you felt like you really wanted to go with Kaima, I think there's justification for doing that. Um, I think either works, um, but I think that's exactly the reason why you would do Kaime. And so I say we go with it. Perfect. Awesome. So now we're down to the last two and Ula um, should. Fairly simple, yeah. I would think so um, because I think it's going to follow the same 
pattern we've already seen. And there you go. You can't get uh, you can't get simpler than that when it comes to tonal differences. Ula versus ula. Very simple. God, I love that. Beautiful. Okay, yeah. so now we have kaima, and so um, kaima, and we need to um, figure out how that's going to be affected. Hmm. Hmm. Well, this is kind of interesting. Because I don't think that there's going to be a difference, right? We've got a um, voiceless onset, which gives high tone. We no longer have a coda. It's going to be unstressed, which gives it low tone. So won't it be falling on that initial syllable? Well, then why wouldn't it bend on this other one? That's a wonderful question, David. Shouldn't it be falling? Because stress is pulled to the second syllable. So the opening, what becomes kai, um, ends up uh, being an open syllable because um, the M is pulled over to become kai uh, which means, again, voiceless onset, high tone, yeah. unstressed, low tone. And yeah. to, to mark this, Falling, which if you recall on a single vowel was the circumflex, um, David has opted to do the A in a um, in an acute accent with the I right next to it in a, a grave accent, uh, giving it sort of a circumflex look over the entire diphthong. Yep, um, but indeed those two forms are identical now. Um, mm -hmm. So so. Uh, Kaim, and we have kaim becomes kaime, and kaima becomes kaime, same thing. So that's kind of cool. Um, and that might be, yeah, might that might play out and be really interesting. And also, if you were to create an orthography, it might be the type of thing that could actually be uh, reified in the orthography, depending on what type of orthography it was um, and how it worked. Um, so yeah, but otherwise, um, yeah, that's the banana. As they say in California. Uh, so this will, <laughs> as far as we know, um, wrap up any sort of work that we do on this language sketch um, for the time being. And yes, I will, I will remember to create a PDF to add it as one of the resources to this podcast episode uh, when it does go up on Patreon. Uh, so that way you can follow along and see, um, or at the very least, you can see all of the final forms um, as you listen to the podcast that can kind of help you suss out what we're actually looking at as we're talking through all these forms. Um, but yeah, I, I hope that you found this introduction to Tonogenesis quite enlightening <laughs> yes so uh i don't know are we supposed to say anything now or do we just disappear well you can just uh, <laughs> um no we you know say exactly slam it down um yeah we hope you all have a wonderful upcoming month because this will be available on july 1st and stay grammar